What's up, everybody? My name is Brazil, and welcome back to the podcast. You know, I'm so passionate about podcasting. It's an art form that I care a lot about, and I've gotten into it over the last year. And one of the things that I haven't done is actually talk to somebody else who also makes a podcast. So in today's show, we're featuring Mr. Archie, who was actually kind enough to feature me on his show coming out very soon. And I just love his hustle. He puts a lot of time and effort, his whole team does, on producing a quality show. And I just wanted to connect with him on that and what our dreams are and you know what the next steps are. So here is our conversation with Archie. What's up? How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me. I really like the effort you put into things. <sighs> I'm tired. I'm tired right now, you know, but I do. I do. Thank you. Yeah. What are your goals? What are my goals? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's such a broad question. Yeah. Well, let's paint the picture. Let's have a real convo. Today, it's to maximize joy. Yeah. But there's always goals. I mean, with my podcast specifically, um, my podcast was actually birthed out of my therapy journey. Like right. my first time going to therapy as an adult and then following my radio career that I had left, I left my contract in Bloomington, Illinois and moved to Los Angeles. And so it was kind of like this continuation of me being on audio form since I've been on radio since I was 15. Um, and I was like, we're going to start this podcast as we figure out traction and figure out the whole LA navigating system. And um, it's almost five years. Wow. Now, what got you into radio in the first place? <sighs> Actually circumstances you know i was like um i was very 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 present in my high school um doing a lot of different things and so i was actually an intern for this company through the school that actually got this radio opportunity and they went to go interview on generation rap is what it was called so it was the only teen radio talk show in the country and i went as their intern but they were like hey we need more because it was a panel show of teens and then we need more representation um for you know the guys and they invited me back and that's that was kind of like my introduction to radio at 15 yeah did you have other plans with your life or careers before that or did that once you stumbled into that did that become the focus i knew that you know talking and having conversations and being on a mic was my thing because i was a musical theater kid but i was pursuing medical so i was like really yeah yeah i was gonna be a pediatrician and so i was like competing in like health occupational students of america um and I was like, wait a minute, radio is where it's at. I'm loving this. And so I was there all the time, was producing and writing and everything I was doing, everybody was always like shocked with. So I was like, let me, let me tap into this. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like the art of, of sharing ideas and connecting with people. Yeah, collaborating and just creating, you know, stories. And I realized like my thing is, I'm passionate about storytelling, whatever avenue that is. Like I've been, you know, a producer in all these different things in media houses, or even when I worked in live news. Um, but it's always storytelling, whether I'm, you know, delivering the story or producing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, like, why did you want to do that? Like, mm -hmm. like what is there, it was it more so like, hey, this could be a great job. This can express a particular point of view. Yeah. Is it like... You know, have you ever had this feeling when you're just like, I'm doing something for the first time, but it feels like I am where I should be. Yeah. And so that is exactly how I felt. Um, but as I figured out what it all means and how my voice can, you know, inspire people. When I was on morning radio, people would wake up with me at 4 a.m. <laughs> and so realizing that I showed up in people's lives in a very interesting way. I wanted to have purpose behind that outside of me just feeling like I was at home. Yes. And so that was always to... Um, What's your family think of this? Did they support you? Yeah. Oh, my family's always supported me, which is really good. Um, I've always been fortunate to have that. My dad, my mom, my sister, even when they don't fully understand just because they're, you know, middle of America, right? you know, regular black, you know, in church and stuff, but... Even when they don't understand, they just they just like fall in and you know they'd be like, Yeah, we're gonna support you and they, you know, see how it unfolds. They didn't try to push you to do something else. What were they no. were they disappointed when you said you didn't want to do medicine? No. No, my my parents Really? No, I don't have that kind of fail. Like I just didn't have that dynamic. And I think that my parents always saw that I was more motivated than my peers or even other people that, you know, or were in my family. And so they were just like, This kid is motivated about something. So you have the work ethic. Yeah. Like nobody ever I was the first person to go to college in my family. Wow. Um but yeah. Oh, so you actually made it to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then did you graduate or drop out? No, I, I graduated, yeah. I was very dedicated. I was like, 
we're going to school. Um, like one of the first cousins with a college degree out of like 25 of us. That's amazing. It's wild. So yeah, well, I was like, I'm going to school. I don't know what school means for me in the long run, but I'm going to do it just because. What did it mean? What was the college experience like? You know, my college experience was very interesting because I went to a PWI. I went to a conservatory school in St. Louis. What's a PWI? A predominantly white institution. Oh, okay. So I didn't go to an HBCU <laughs> or nothing like that. But it was it was interesting because for, for the first year, I was like, this is whack. This is boring. Yeah. But then I had to, you know, figure out where I fit in in college because there's so many different pockets. Right. Yeah. How did you fit in? I met people, I connected, I stayed true to myself and I always collaborated and created. And so as I did that, you know, people would fall into the journey and you would just kind of f figure out your footing. When you were in high school, was that predominantly white as well? I went to a lot of different high schools. Yeah, me yeah. too. And so there was, there was an array. Yeah. I went to private school and then I went to inner city school and then I went to, you know, a charter school. So what made you change school so many times? Um, that's a really interesting story. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Because I I was in the same city. I wasn't like a military kid. And right. So when I tell people I've been to eight different schools, they're like, huh? In the same city. But I would um, kind of express to my parents that I don't feel like the school's benefiting me. Like, I don't feel like it's up to par with my education or what I want to do. Um, or I just wouldn't like, it just wouldn't mesh with me. And my parents were very responsive to Oh, so you made a case. Yeah. You were like, hey, I'm not feeling yeah. this institution. Yeah. We need to yeah. rethink that. That's amazing. Yeah. Or we would move, yeah. you know, just different areas, you know, like in um, school, like you can't go to a certain school because you don't live in that district. Yeah, they have so. certain districts. Yeah. yeah. No, I was the same way. Only my parents, you know, they were dancers. So we moved around because of their job. But okay. I basically went to a different school every year. Yeah. So I got used to just making friends quickly. Do you feel like since you learned how to you know, pack up and move and find new friends that has created something in you as an adult to where like you're good with just leaving or detaching. Yeah. yeah. I feel myself like, like, like I'm, I'm not too attached to my friends because I have some friends that I consider close that I may not speak to for months because yeah. they live somewhere else or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I have people that I feel like very, like I, I trust them, yeah. but haven't heard from them in a year, Yeah, whatever, because we're off doing other shit, you right. know? Um, and I think I just got used to that rhythm. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah especially in the entertainment industry. Sometimes people go on tour mm -hmm. or they move back home or mm -hmm. they get a, they're get they either in LA, in New York, Atlanta, Miami. There's only like a few hubs, right? And sometimes right. people move. So I think I just got used to just the rotation of people in yeah. life. Yeah. There's a lot of turnover in life too. But to also I think that when you are able to adjust to that and to, to receive the turnover and the transition of life, how people come in and they, they go out and, you know, you uproot. Yeah. I feel like it, you know, it keeps keeps you it makes you a more well-rounded person in ways too did it feel weird when you were in that pwi not being around your culture quote unquote not really just because i grew up in a space to where i was always around a different like people of different backgrounds and different races yeah um so i was <laughs> i was able to you know i feel like fall in and know how to work these different spaces but at the end of the day when i would to go when i would was to go home home life was still very foundation. And so right. I think that that also kind of helps create that balance. Do you think you created like different pockets of your personality? Like, are you the same person? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. get the same Archie all the way around? Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. authentic. Uh, yeah, it is. But some people are like, you switch it up. <laughs> no, I am the same. Yeah. I am. I'm still that boisterous, nosy, awkward, introverted, extroverted person in every space. Let's talk about that being introverted, extroverted. What does yeah. that mean to you? Well, introverted, when you're, you know, secluded, you're to yourself, um, you go in, you retreat to maybe regain energy because you are extroverted. But um, I feel like if, I don't know, I wouldn't want to be, like, I wouldn't want to be a solely extroverted person or a solely introverted person. Right. Just because I feel like the balance and to be able to like, okay, go out and be with the people and say, hey, kids, what's going on? But then also go back home and know how to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I need that variety. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, one energizes the other. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes seeing a bunch of people gives me energy. And I'm yes. like, yeah, we're all here. <laughs> boom. And I'll take that. I'll ride that energy all the way up. And right. then at some point, I'm like, okay, I need everybody to go the fuck away. Yeah. I need to just put my headphones on and just be in my I, zone. I need to be with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're fluctuation of states, not a permanent identity. No. 
Yeah. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You're allowed to have these different waves and, you know, to want different things. Like we're human. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you know that you were going to make this a career after the radio station? Like, was it a, were you, did you also have other ideas in entertainment or when did it, when did you decide to actually make yeah. you your personal brand a priority? Yeah. I mean, I'm still having to choose that daily, <laughs> but when did I know? I, well, I've always wanted a talk show. That has been my thing. And so I just didn't know what that looked like. And I still don't know what it looks like as I don't necessarily have a talk show, but my podcast, we pitch it and make the space feel like a talk show. Yeah. Um, but I knew that that was I knew that that was the goal for me. Like I grew up being inspired by you know of course like Oprah and I love the chaos of the Tyra show back then when she was crawling on her knees and rabies like she had like <laughs> foam coming out of her mouth. But and then like also everybody knows me to be a big Wendy Williams fan because mm. I love daytime TV. I love the hot topics of it all. Um, I love the View and you know Regis and Kelly and all those types of things. And so they had a very specific pull on me. Yeah, as like a preteen. Yeah, it's like being the host that's like the lens that you see the world through. Yeah. Right? Like whenever I put on a show, it's because I want to see it through that person's lens. Mm -hmm. What is your lens in the world? Like, how do you look at things? There's so many different lenses. There's so many different lenses. But what do you mean? Like, how do I look at things? Like, do you, how would you describe the way you look at the world? If you had to describe it. I know there's so many things to look at. Yeah. But do you have an intention when you're thinking about what's happening in the world, like what is your primary drive there? I like to, I think it's very interesting because I still show up with that, that, that piece of glimmer as that seven-year-old Archie had, because I like to move in a space to where everything and most people are good. And so I like to go throughout the world thinking and believing that to be true, because when you believe that to be true, um, it shows up for you because I feel like the things that you curate in your mind and what you manifest and what you hope for the world that is in front of you can come into fruition if you believe it. That's a very powerful belief. It is. Some people would call that naive, but I feel like that's actually, it's more constructive to look at that. It doesn't mean let people walk all over you. No. But if you have a positive expectancy, you almost create the thing that you're expecting. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, no, yeah, that does not mean that too, because it's also like understand who you are moving throughout this world, showing up with people, but having your different boundaries so that, you know, people don't walk all over you. Where'd you learn that? My mom. Was it a religious no. uh, mm -hmm. teaching or where she was just like, she's just a very assertive woman. She knows herself. Um, I'm grateful to have my dad there too, as a role model, but my mind is of my mom. How I look like my dad, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. So she believed that most people are good. Mm -hmm. And she connects with people. She's a connector. I would get so frustrated being a kid, and she would make conversation with every person, like the cashier. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, shut up. Like, I'm like a six-year-old kid. Like, chill out. But um, That's a really beautiful quality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have that belief as well. And I, I'm not stupid to realize that there are people doing bad things in this world. But oh, yeah. overall, I do just have a positive expectancy out of situations, right? right? And, and I think that most people, even when they do quote unquote bad things, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're just in a, in a, in a not loving state, yeah. really. Talk about I, I feel like, you know, they say you can't study darkness. You can only study light or the absence of it. And the same thing with, with, with like love and hate. It's either love or the absence of love. <laughs> Right, and yeah. if there's an absence of love, then we just become selfish and mm -hmm. we do things that don't benefit other people, right? Yeah. Because I've known some people that I believe to be good, and I've seen them make mistakes. You know, like my dad's in prison. Yeah. Right, and I consider him to be a great person, and I'm like, wow. Even I'm just like, okay. So if he's in prison and the world thinks of him as a bad person, but I know, I mean, he's a good person. Mm -hmm. He just made a mistake, so it's like, okay, it, it makes me frame the way I look at everything. Yeah. You know, a little yep. bit differently. Yeah. Now, when you talk to and not to make this awkward, but I, I, this is on my mind. Make it awkward. Okay, okay. Make it awkward. So how do you balance recognizing the struggle mm -hmm. of black people mm -hmm. while also being grateful for the fact that people are good for the most part? Yeah. And technically, this is the best it's ever been. We've yeah. got a long way to go. Yeah. We've got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. But the further we go back in time, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that 
perspective of gratitude that your mom gave you mm-hmm. while also acknowledging the pain that's happening. Because I feel like right now in culture, when we talk about the problems in culture, if you even try to acknowledge the fact that, hey, things are actually going pretty good, people treat you like, uh, you don't believe in the pain. It's like, right, no, there right. is pain, but can't we acknowledge that there's a little progress happening? We can acknowledge that there's progress happening. Um, and I think that the way that I navigate the two is by knowing the past. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because to acknowledge the past and what has happened, and I guess it is also kind of rooted in like my, you know, right. spirituality, just because, you know, we're on this universe to connect and to build and to actually spread love. Um, but yeah, the world is a hateful place. But why would I want to put out hate and why would I want to think hate? Because I'm contributing to that madness that we've seen in the news and in history and in textbooks and different things like that. So why I want to go against that in any way that I can. Yes. Like you, you want to be the change that you want to see. Yeah. What do you think about this thought between being the difference between being pro-love mm. or anti-hate? Pro-love or anti-hate? Tell me more about that one. Hold on. I ain't heard that. Well, mm-hmm. Like, for example, like if somebody says, hey, are you, you know, against this person being that person up? Well, it's like, well, technically I'm pro-love oh. and that's not loving. Yeah. So therefore I'm against that. Right. But to be anti-hate yeah. is to actively be resonating in a hateful frequency because the act of anti is hateful. But being pro-love yes. means that you can still you can lovingly defend somebody. Right. Mm. Like if there's a, you know. You love somebody, mm-hmm. you know, being in a very loving mood, but if somebody tries to hurt you, you can like, <laughs> you can stop it, right? Yeah. That's, you're being pro-love. Right. But anti-hate, being anti-anything, you're technically resonating in hate, mm. right? Like if you hate hate, yeah. you're being hateful. Yeah. And the person that that fucks up the most is you. Right, because even if I hate this person, like you know, yeah. like I've I've been beat up by the police before, I've been robbed before, so I've had people do bad shit to me. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. But if I hate them then I'm making my day worse. I'm yeah. having a horrible day today. I can't enjoy myself. I yeah. can't have good laughters with my friends because I'm too busy hating this person that wronged me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of self-healing and because that at that point, you're letting it consume you right. because it's taking over how you show up. Yeah. And that, that's that's a tricky space to be in because it's like everybody doesn't have the tools or the resources to navigate getting out of that space. Right. And sometimes when we feel like we're under attack, well, our first instinct is to defend ourselves. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it's like there's a part of me that relates to the struggle in different ways, right? From At least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's also a part of me that loves self-help and healing work and personal development work. Yeah. And that entire field is about not identifying as a victim, even if you were victimized, especially if you were victimized, right? Yeah. Like even if you were a victim of the worst possible thing that could possibly happen to you, uh-huh. and then you go to therapy, I think it's one thing to not acknowledge the pain, to repress it, to be like, there's no- nothing hurting me. Yep. That's not healthy either. No. Because then you're not allowing yourself to feel the trauma. And and, to, and sometimes you have to, as guys, we're told to, you know, yep. no, feel the pain, mm-hmm. feel it. Let it out. Cry. Yeah. You have the, the issues. But the goal is to release of it. Right. And not identify with it. Mm-hmm. And I just find myself in a weird place in that conversation. But to be but to be in that space, you know that it's dark. You know that it is overwhelming. You know that it is all-consuming. And so as cliche as it is, at some point you do have to forgive not forget the situation or whatever who maybe have caused this pain for you because if you don't do that then you're not going to be able to actually become free to that situation yeah because it's like what's the point of life anyway right like if you look back on the life of somebody who's already died yeah let's say they've already died like like kobe for example right Mm. his time already went and we could if we can't change the fact that he died what could we wish he had more of well, if he was going to die anyway, I wish he would have had more great moments with friends. Yeah. Maybe he already had a lot, but like, what would be the things that you would want for that person, right? To, to enrich their lives, knowing it was going to end anyway. Yeah. None of the wishes are going to be, I wish they hated everybody that wronged them more. Right. Right. Right? Because if the wrong already happened, now you're letting them wrong you f- for years, mm-hmm. right? And, but it's so tricky. Because like I, then I went to a seminar last year and realized I had anger issues towards my biological father that I had never dealt with. How'd you get through it? I haven't. I've just acknowledged it and I'm working through it. Okay. 
you know? Yeah. But you acknowledged it, but what is the, since, I mean, because that was last year, it's been some time, a little bit, what what have you put into play to be able to maybe course correct? I've reached out to him. I've had a couple conversations because sometimes we go years without talking. Yeah. Um... And that was good, just to have a little feedback back and forth. And then I think since then, I've grown to realize from my perspective that he just doesn't have the tools to take this relationship to where it could go. Okay. Right? Yeah. That he's doing the best he could with whatever he dealt with in his traumas in his life. Mm. Right? That if I know where I'm imperfect, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, shit. Well, I wish my, he would talk to me more, but also he's probably just afraid to talk to me. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Right? So I'm having more sympathy. I'm, I'm realizing that I had that that issue and then um yeah just working through it yeah i'm proud of you for that thank you yeah because that's acknowledging it and doing something about it yeah Yeah. so it's not to say that like hey don't be a victim it's (laughs) like no i'm recognizing that it happened but if i identify with it then i'm just cementing the identity and that's not good either yep that's power what has been like an impactful moment that really shaped you emotionally (sighs) an impactful moment that has shaped me emotionally well, there's two things that just came to my head in this moment. Uh, there was one time to where, you know, I really, I felt alone and I felt just isolated and I was so far away from my family because I lived in London and I really was like asking, you know, the spirit in the universe to show up for me and it physically did. And then the other thing that's coming to me was, I feel like when I went through a heartbreak last year. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get through it? Um, the second situation, I think it's just a lot of time and, you know, I was already in therapy, so being able to express it and acknowledge it and to understand and to be able to like know when and where maybe that things had got off track. Um, so that it's just not like a big state of confusion for me. And then also just forgiving the person for the experience but to be proud of myself that I went through it. Were you able to forgive them? Yeah, yeah. We're cool. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Do you believe in God? I do. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, such a... What does it mean? For me, it's just like... It's knowing... It's so many things. To me, it's love. To me, it is... It's like safe. To me, it's... It's like wisdom. Um, but I think that it ultimately puts life into perspective to, for me uh, to know that I'm a piece of the puzzle. Are you religious? I, I do have religious elements, yeah. I mean, I grew up religious, yeah. For Christian? Sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, technically apostolic, but yes, yeah, Christian. What is that? Apostolic, it's the same thing. It's just... What does that mean? Adjacent to Baptist. Got it. Yeah. So many different sub brands. So many different, huh? you know, denominations. Yes. Were your parents strict religiously? No. no. Were they also kind of open minded there, like the day? Yeah. No, I had a very, I love because I feel like I, I, I'm quite balanced. I know I'm not the most balanced person on the planet, but my parents really gave us like, a balanced situation like we would see them like live their lives and do the things but also you know be very you know humble in ways and connected to the spirit um like i was grateful that my parents would go to the club on a saturday and sometimes we'll go to church on sunday i love it you know so that's a great example to set yeah i like seeing it where parents still live their lives mm-hmm. i don't think we should sacrifice ourselves fully for somebody else i think a good example to show your kids like yeah i'm here for you but also I'm showing you that my life also matters I'm here as well. for me as well. Yeah. Yep. You have to set that example. Yep. Do you want kids one day? I do. Yeah? Yes, I do. Do you? Yeah. How many? I think two would be nice, at least, you know, because I think when I was younger, I was like, eh, I could do with or without, and I'm not in a rush, but I could just see myself, I want to contribute to the next generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot of love in my heart and in my family, and even if... However you feel about the world, if you feel the world's great or if you feel the world's awful, I think they're both good reasons to make kids because if the world's great, make kids so that they can enjoy it. Yeah. If the world's awful, make kids so they can fix it. Yeah. It's, somebody's got to fix it. Yeah. I mean, some, some people don't want kids and I respect that. Yeah. Um, totally. But, totally. You don't have to have kids. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't have to, but I do. 
I do. I just also, I've always kind of been around kids. Mom had a daycare for like 13 years. I feel like I connect more to kids, honestly. Like, they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> yes. They're very authentic. They're so authentic. Um, but yeah. You ever think about how kids are so good at learning things young, mm-hmm. right? Like when you have a kid just learning snowboarding or just learning math or whatever, you have these like nine-year-olds that like go to college and stuff. Yes. Like, I think it's because they have less fear built into them. Exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, it's the most honest mind you know because the world had they haven't experienced the world to where different struggles or you know, rejection and different things have maybe like consumed them and so it's all possibilities with them yeah yeah i feel like we all innately have those possibilities we do we just have all the shit in a way because like, yeah we've lived most of therapy and personal work is just undoing stuff yeah <laughs> our natural state is supposed to be happy and joyous and creative and yeah playful what's your joy number today Today? Yeah. Feeling like a, I don't know, like a seven or an eight. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the fact that we were able to push the shoot from yesterday to today, that yeah. you let me have that day off. Please. Um, I was exhausted and I was like, okay, now maybe I can do it. Maybe I can just push through it, just pound Mm-mm. a bunch of coffees. And and I was like, that's not going to be authentic. No, take your time. And I was like, yo, and just having that day to just really relax. I feel incredible. I don't never want to be no, around nobody exhausted. So <laughs> <laughs> please get your sleep. <laughs> but yeah. Now on your show, you're always the one asking questions. What questions do. do you wish people asked you? I don't know if I have a question I wish people asked me. I'm okay with y'all knowing what I've told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm good. Like, I don't know. I don't have a question that I want somebody to ask me. Mm-mm. Do you? I like controlling the narrative. So I'm okay. <laughs> I do. You like controlling the narrative. I do. Where would you like this narrative to go? No, you know, I'm I'm optimistic today. I've just felt like, well, because when I talked to you, you were like, when you come on my show, it's going to be like hours long. And I was like, <laughs> okay, because you know, I have a very short form show. Right. And so I just, I just thought we were kicking the shits. We are just kicking the shits. We are. Are these grapes good? Yeah. Yeah. I really like green grapes. Yeah. Freeze them. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Please do. Green grapes and green apples. Whenever I have like a stomach ache or something, I just have them and I just feel they just boom, bring me back to center. Oh, really? Magical. Wow. Magical. Never never knew that. Yeah. I feel like champagne does that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Back when I drank more, champagne was definitely one of my go-tos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't start drinking until I was like 21, basically. Me too. I was like a super straight edge kid. Yes. Same. Any particular reason? No, I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, my parents did not care. I gave myself a purity ring. Like, I was really weird. <laughs> no uh, shit. Yeah. So, no, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a late bloomer. What made you start? Drinking? Yeah. Oh. Was, were you like, I'm never going to drink, and then I'm drinking? Or was it just like... I, you I, know, the thing is, I like to follow rules. Okay. And I'm breaking out of that. I've, re- I've as I mature, but I really liked a, f- a rule back then, and okay. so the rule <laughs> the rule was twenty one. I was like, I'm gonna go away. I don't think it was twenty one exactly. It was like twenty and a half. But right, if I had lived in the UK, I would have waited until eighteen. But it was just like it was a rule, and so. And once you got into it, did you like it? Of course, I want one right now. Do you prefer? Well, you can have. We have no, wine. Do you want wine? Okay, I was gonna say. Do you prefer alcohol or weed? Oh, I'm not a weed person. Really? No, I'll do an edible. Really? But I don't... Mm-mm. You've tried weed and don't like it or just don't? Yeah, exactly. And I've never I've never liked the smell. Mm. Never. No, I'm not a weed person. Give, yeah. me, give me a cocktail today. I ended up switching. I think um, when I was younger, uh, all the older kids that I would skate with, they would smoke weed and yeah. I was like straight edge. So I would be in the car like, you know. That was me. I was literally just like, you guys are doing drugs. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. And then in my 20s, I definitely, you know, went on a couple of tours and started partying more and experimented with a lot of stuff. Right. And then uh, I went to New Orleans once, Nolens as they call Nolens. it. And, uh, and I Gras. drank so much. I had so many shots of, I can't remember what. And I puked. It was like an exorcism. Ugh. It was like, Bleh. Was it vodka? Probably the vodka. It was vodka. I probably with some vodka. shots of Patron. And oh, some, who, who knows? I was just being stupid. And it just turned me off to hard liquor. Mm. So since then, you know, I, I will have a beer every now and then. I like wine. I'll touch champagne like I when it's offered wine. to me. But like, like I could go a long time without alcohol and not miss it. Yeah. But weed, I fell in love with. And it became kind of like my... 
little stabilizer once I started doing psychedelics. Okay. Like once I got into mushrooms and LSD, yeah. then I was like, oh, I, I kind of like this space more. Yeah. Never got there either. Never did mushrooms no, or no. LSD? I, I, yeah. I'm open to trying it one day, but I feel like the situation needs to be right. I need to be at this dope house and Joshua Tree. Yes. You know? I want oh, the, oh I want the environment matters so much, <laughs> bro. Because when you do psychedelics, it makes you ultra sensitive. That's my dog in the background. Oh. Brazzy, it's okay, buddy. Uh -oh. You're being a good boy. The dog said, you loud. You're being a good boy, Brazzy. Stay. Um, you just become hypersensitive to everything. Mm. Like, you know, you'll be like, this is the most beautiful desk I've ever seen. But if there's like a weird person in the room, <laughs> okay. then you feel their weirdness extra. That's why you don't oh. want to do psychedelics out and about. You oh, don't want right. to be with strangers. You don't want to be at a party. Once you're into it, once you know what to do, okay. sure, people have microdosed at parties. But really, that's like a good thing. You want to be in a safe environment. Yeah. You know, have like good healthy food there with you a nice comfortable bed yeah have a notebook even play some music oh you be journal journaling? oh my god yes and then you stretch oh my god and you can just think about life take a shower go from hot water to cold water make love with it music. it's like yes oh it's it's super it can allow you to connect to yourself very well mm -hmm. obviously um but you know it's not for everybody yeah i get it you know but when i when i had it every time i've taken it it's giving me more empathy oh that's sweet Especially for myself as well. Really? For other people, but definitely I, I become easier on myself. Have you done the ayahuasca? No, not yet. Okay. That's a, that's like a <laughs> that's real. weird? <laughs> that's weird? Ayahuasca. <laughs> that's the, that's the real shit. Yeah. And, um, you gotta go to Peru. Yeah. I want to, I want to do that as it's that. I want to kind of book a weekend for it and go with like a shaman. No, my friend's like, it's like a five day situation. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. but in the future, yeah. I put for that now, on the bucket I've, list. You know, the the plant medicine of, of shrooms have taught me a lot enough. Okay. When I'm ready for the next level, I'll try that. I feel like an edible has taught me a lot. Weed edibles, I can't do. Oh, that's all I can do. Bro, I thought I was going to die on an edible. Oh, no. I be going up. Really? Oh, yes. I play my music. I start cooking. I start cleaning. I be focused. I be jamming. I be in tune with myself. I do. I do. Fun fact, I'm realizing this, though. Every time I try an edible, it has to end in masturbation, which is wild to me. <laughs> it's wild to me. Shrooms tend to have that with me as well. Somewhere throughout the day, I'm like, yeah, this is another way to connect with myself. I yeah. have like four-dimensional <laughs> orgasms. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm connecting to the universe. Um, <laughs> Please, dude, no, When I had an edible, I, I thought I was going to die. Like, I, I literally. I hear that all the time, and I'm like, like Sorry. I forgot how to breathe. I was like, <gasps> Oh my God. Like, I, my face was turning purple. I would, I would rather what take. What was the milligram? I don't remember. I think I just ate a whole thing of the whole chocolate edible, whatever it was. Okay. I didn't dose it, right? Okay. I was at my friend's house, and thank God they took care of me. But yeah. I would rather take a handful of shrooms <laughs> and just go to outer space with that than to do edibles again. Wow. But that's all you do. It's so interesting. Yeah. Different things hit people different ways. I think so. Yeah. I'm also a heavyweight too when it comes to the drinking. Oh, yeah. And so two little drinks is not going to do much for me. Mm. You know? True. I feel that. So do you have a favorite drink? I know you don't drink anymore, but if you were to go have a drink right now, it's a celebration. What are you going to order? Lately, I've been really into IPAs. Okay. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Cider. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. An easy little IPA like a Lagunita. Mm. Um, Dos Equis, sometimes I, I like that. I like You know, a little Heineken. Mm. Um, and again, I can go a while without drinking. For sure. But I don't mind it at all. I like it. It's nice to have a nice couple drinks, a little yeah. buzz. Red wine. Red wine is where it's at. Mm -hmm. White wine? Mm. Nah, not too much. But red it's wine cool. is good where it's at. Red wine is a, is a vibe. Yes, I went to go to a wine bar last night and nobody answered my phone calls. Mm. My friends are fake. Fucking friends. I know. Hate it here. How do you like your friend group here in LA and how do you like the people that you meet out here? Mm, that's a very interesting question. It is. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. <laughs> the people that I know now are dope. We've put in some time. We've had ups and downs, conversations, um, disagreements, but it's also changed. There's been a lot of transition too. It's really interesting trying to figure out your friend group in this city because a lot of different people have a lot of different um, motives and intentions and, you know, they sort of come to this whole 
LA thing, which is like not a real thing. What is the LA thing? You know, when they're it's pomp and circumstance. There, mm-hmm. you know, everything is about this name and that name and this designer Who's gonna and be there? where they're gonna be. Yeah, it's yeah. very like superficial. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but I've been really, you know, honored to have a circle where like that is not the basis of us connecting. Yeah. Um, which is dope. You connect on like actual life stuff. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I like a good event and I do mm-hmm. want to know who's going to be there, but like, <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to network and I do want the photo, but <laughs> I, I do want the photo. No, y'all don't play with me about the photo, but yeah, I, yeah, it's like, what, where's the substance and a lot of these relationships in mm-hmm. this city. And so I've been fortunate to have substance and to get to the substance. And it also, you know, we call a lot of people friends, but there should be other words we use in there. I do There's use like a, that word loosely. Right? Yeah. Me too. But yeah. it's like an acquaintance, coworker, somebody I saw at that one event that I was nice to. But that sounds weird to be like, yeah. oh yeah, this is my associate, uh, Peter. Yeah, that also feels weird. Like it feels disrespectful. Yeah. Because when you go to other countries, it's like everybody's, hey, my friend, my friend, come over I, here. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but we're not friends. But to call you an associate is rude. It is rude. <laughs> this is my associate, Archie. Like, like damn. Agent Archie. Fuck you, too. <laughs> this is my team. Yeah, okay. Is there any other acceptable word? Um, Associate. This is, this is my... Um, I, I do say sometimes when I'm not like really, I because I have a lot of female friends or women friends or whatever. If we're not like close friends, if I don't feel like she's like a sister to me, I'm like, you're just my homegirl. Homegirl. Yeah. Homegirl. Mm-hmm. I say homie a lot. My boy. My boy. Fam. A lot of people are fam. A lot of people are fam. A lot of people are love when I don't know their name. Hey, what's hey, up, love? love? Yes. How you doing, love? Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brother. Mm-hmm. Brother, man. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> you. Hey, you. Short, bro, sis. You're right. Keep it short. Are you good at remembering names? <laughs> no. I do know faces. Yeah. I do know faces. Same. Yes, but I am not the... You don't call... Mm-mm. People get mad at me. Yeah, same. They like, I met you twice. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I know your face. Yeah. It's weird when you say, hey, nice to meet you. They're like, no, we've met. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, sorry, intellectually, I know of a, a system you can use to remember people's names. I just don't use that system. <laughs> you What's know, the system? Just create like a rhyme or something about them. Like, I don't have that much like, time like, to be exactly. creating rhymes for you. Yeah, to be like, oh, oh, Jackie with the red jacket. Uh, Jackie with the red jacket. Jackie, if you don't get out of my face. Right, try to remember something about them. It's like, oh, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> what? But I'll be like shaking somebody's hand, and by the time we let go, I've already forgotten. I'm like, oh, oh. yeah, fam. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I have no tricks for you. I'm just going to pray on it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. Yeah, babe. That's a good one. Babe. I say that a lot. Yeah. Some people love it. Some people don't. And that's on them. True. <laughs> sweetheart feels passive aggressive. One of my friends said, don't ever call me sweetie. Mm. What is it about <laughs> or, that? Because I don't know. They feel like it's disrespectful. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people agree with that. Like, sweetie. Like, hey, sweetie. Yeah. But don't like sweetie. Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Sweets. It has a bit of a... Sweets. <laughs> hey, sweets. Hey, what up, sweets? <laughs> my, my cousin says that a lot. She actually uses that a lot. She's like, what's going on, sweets? That feels more East Coast. Yeah, she lives on the East Coast. Yeah? Yeah. I like how every part of the country has their own little vernacular. Like, in Chicago, we say bogus a lot. Bogus. In New York, they say OD a lot. Man, it's OD. I love OD. I lo- where is that from? Because I say it a lot. It's like overdose. Yeah. No, I know what that means, but where do they say it? Like OD, like man, that's OD. Just... But where? Where where'd you say it came from? New York. Oh, okay, New York. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh Philly, they say John a lot. John. Yeah, I messed yeah. up John over there. Everything's a John. Yeah, everything's a John. <laughs> I never got into that one. But right. yes, I know about it. Uh where else? In my friends in the Midwest, they say dusty a lot. Like man, look at we these did dusty assholes. We did grow yeah. up saying dusty. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think about all of them, but it's been a minute. I've ne- I haven't lived at home in a minute. Mm. I like um, saying Scully instead of Beanie. You ever hear that one? Mm. That's an old school New York slang. What do you call? What do you call carbonated liquid with flavoring? Juice? No. What? Carbonated. Carbonated liquid with flavoring. Pop soda. What do you call uh, it? Oh. Soda, pop, pop, Coca-Cola. I haven't had Coca-Cola. I used to drink Coca-Cola all the time. Now I don't anymore. I don't know. Pop? Soda feels weird. Yeah. Pop. I grew up with pop. Yeah. I have some pop. Yeah. But I feel like that's like, 
Or some Coke. Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coke. But now if you say Coke in LA, it means a completely different thing. Whew, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never done that either. Wow. So interesting. When you're in school and, and the, <laughs> da- the dare officer comes and you're yeah. like, I will never, never do drugs. And now you're like, I, I probably won't do meth, you know? <laughs> like that one, I'm fine. It's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I know my boundaries. No. But yeah, I guess everybody goes through their phases of figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we all figure out what we like and then you just do more of that. What do you like? What do I like? I like traveling. I like champagne. I like the beach. I'm a big water person. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm scared to swim in the water of the ocean. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is scary. The ocean could just sweep you up and you'd it's be gone. terrifying, but I love it so much. Yeah. Um, what do I love? I just, I love like making people laugh hmm. and being like with, you know, my family and my friends and stuff like that. Not the associates, but the friends. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I feel like I love eating a lot. Hmm. Yeah, orgasmic foods orgasmic yeah mm-hmm. what do you like to eat what, what's like go-to do you have a go-to uh, i don't have a go-to really no i mean steak and lobster this week um i love dessert like cheesecakes and cookies cookies yeah yeah i like a lot of things so you actually if you if i say hey i'm gonna take you to a restaurant you have no idea what it is you get excited are you just like, yeah, trying something new? Or are you just like, oh, no, I'm in a mood for this more? No, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to go and try something new, but I kind of always want to know where is it? Right. Where am I going? See, I'm different. I, I need to know what's happening. I'm okay with so much variety in my life that my food is exactly the same. Like, I know exactly what. Like, when I go to a restaurant and I look at the menu, it's a, it's a joke. Really? Yeah. Like, I look at the menu just for, just for shits and giggles, but I know what I want. What do you want? Chicken. Grilled chicken. And rice and beans and potatoes. You eat so healthy. It's delicious. Yeah. I mean, a good rice beans with bell peppers and onions and roasted potatoes and grilled chicken. I mean, like that's that's as good as a meal. That's delicious. And where they got seasoning on it? Yeah, I mean, when we cook here at home, it's fantastic. It's okay. the best here at home. But everywhere I go, I just get some modification of that. Gotcha. A grilled chicken sandwich with fries uh, or chicken teriyaki. I would be so Chicken bored. fried rice. Uh, chicken shawarma with the shirazi easily. salad. See. I- I, I hear you because I get bored easily with like everything else in life. Yeah. But with my food, I want it exactly the way I want it. Like, wow. it gives me a sense of comfort. Okay. Well, that's beautiful. I can't relate. Yeah. So you're comfortable just trying whatever. I like to try you, stuff. Yeah. And what if you eat something you don't like? Then I know not to get it again. And you don't I want to get, get something else. No, I don't get cranky. I get something else. Really? Yes. I'm greedy. I feel you. No, for real. For me, it's a problem. Like if I, if if I'm hungry and you invite me somewhere and I don't like the food, oh, that's a problem. Like I oh, have to find something I like. Everything is trash yeah. on here. Then yes, yeah. I'm gonna be irritated. Yeah. But if they didn't cook this dish right, you know, I'm right. going. I want to try the other one. Right. Okay. But you, your your stomach never asks you for anything. No. That's so interesting. I have such a different relationship with mine. Mine specifically says, like I, like with the green grape thing, I was like- Stomach, but I have cravings, but is that the same thing as your stomach? I don't know. Maybe I'm just OCD about it. Yeah. OD. <laughs> that's OD. That's, uh, that's OD. <laughs> that's mad wild, bro. Um, but yeah. Okay. Fine. Perfectly fine. Do you know how to cook? The food that I like? Mm-hmm. I should learn how to cook other stuff for other oh, people. Oh, you only know how to make that one thing that you just described? Yeah. I'm not kidding. I have that every day. That's whack. Bro, you, you haven't tried it. One of these days, you'll come over for dinner, <laughs> I'll, we'll cook that for you, and you're going to be like, not going to lie, this, this is fantastic. All right. Okay. I get down on chicken. I will tell you if it's nasty. I mean, I'll have a steak of it now and then. Yeah. The chicken. The dirty bird. And I don't know why people make it um, such a weird stereotype to like chicken, because chicken is fantastic. Chicken is good. Like, who doesn't like chicken? I mean, unless you're vegetarian. Like... Like it, that was like the wackest, weirdest stereotype I've ever seen. Who vegetarians? No, just the whole black people liking chicken thing. Oh, yeah, it's just like everybody eats chicken. Chicken is like if you eat meat, you eat chicken. Yeah, like that was just it's such a weird, I have no idea, unnecessary stereotype because it's one of the healthiest things you can eat is chicken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's true. I like seafood a lot too. You do, yeah, 
in school, did they ever do the seafood thing with you? What the hell is when that? When the kids are like, hey, you like seafood? You're like, yeah. And then they put food in their mouth. They're like, oh, seafood? <laughs> no? No. Never had that? Don't ever say that again. But that it was, was a such a dad thing. joke. No, that was a real thing. Kids were doing that. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I've had people ask That's me like that. When you put, you're like, what's this on your shirt? And they can do that thing. They're like, you know that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I love dad jokes, man. Yeah. I'm all about it. Okay. Well, if you're going to be a father one day, you got to get your dad jokes, you know, lined up. Oh, I'll be good by then. Yeah? Yeah. But today, that was not on my agenda. <laughs> <laughs> the dad joke was not there. I didn't see that on my vision board for yeah. 2023. Do you actually make a vision board? Um, Not for real. I have. But I'm not banking my whole new year on a vision board. Right. I feel like sometimes I'll, you know, I'll journal, I'll manifest, I'll write some things down, I'll have it in my head. But no, I'm not doing the arts and crafts every year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I did just do um, a, a vision board on my podcast. We did a vision board of what we think Beyonce's concert's going to look like. But no, I'm not doing a vision board, really. So how do you map out your goals? Like in your mind right now, yeah. how do you know what you're doing for the next 12 months? I need to be better at that. I've never been the 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 guy who's good at the five year plan. I think five year plans are unrealistic. One year plan. I have goals, but these are just things that live in my head. Or maybe I'll put it in my notebook. Outside of that, I'd just be accomplishing shit. Yeah, because a lot of times it's hard to predict what's going to happen eight steps from now. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So it's more and so about how can we operate today to just take us to the next point. Exactly. And I try to be present as much as possible because that's hard for me. What I'm, is that next point for you? What is the next point for me? Yeah. And what? There's so many points I want okay, to get Okay, let's talk about your show. Okay. Because I love how much effort you guys put into it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's like when I walked in there, the way everything was set up, the cards, everything. I was yes. like, yeah, this is, this is effort. It's cute. I love effort. We love when people effort. people put details on it. Yes. How do you know what the next level is? Like, what is the next goal? Well... My show is a completely independent project. Mm -hmm. And so the next goal is to get on a platform. And that is not easy. What does that mean? It's not a, like a, a podcast network or something like this or like some, some type of entity that is also fueling funds somewhere. Got it. <laughs> Almost like being signed to like a record label, but like a podcast label. Like a, like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And do you have any in mind for that? Like, is there... I've had some stuff on the, in the thoughts, but a lot of it is every, everything is just like me figuring it out. Nobody's ever done this. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever doing what you're doing, right? It's completely curated to your lifestyle. There's not a blueprint. Right. And especially when you go do things that are non-traditional, yeah. like I have done. Like, yeah, I wanted to be a pediatrician, <laughs> but that's, there is more of a strategic plan there. Right. For this type of storyline, you are setting forth what you want to see for yourself and trying yeah. and seeing what sticks and producing and seeing what lands and, and hosting and seeing what people engage with. What have you seen that lands for your show, for your show specifically? Yeah. Um, I think I land because I'm <laughs> such a neurotic person a little bit. And so I bring that into the show, the very... Because I'm a journalist, I studied communication, and so yeah. I have that foundation of just strategic journalism and growing up in news and, and all these different things, but there is this edge to where I am very sarcastic, I poke fun at different things, I love pop culture, I love entertainments, and so I intertwine those different things while also having this mental health awareness umbrella, um, you know, with the therapy under, uh, you know, underrooted of the show, and so it's just... A great curation of who I am, I think. Mm. Um, and we talk about the stresses and the messes. I like that. The stresses and the messes. Yeah. And if you get picked up, when you get picked up by that network. Speak it! Do you have an intention of how you're going to tell them, this is the mission for the next season? Or this show is, how would you describe the show? Is, yeah. I mean, you kind of did it right now, but how yeah. would you summarize it? The show is a... The show is a... Oh gosh, what is what is on my what is on my um what is on my pitch deck? No, this show is the show is a complete curation of 
millennials having conversations for the betterment of self and evolution. And so we come together, we laugh, we have champagne, we joke, and we heal, essentially. And so sometimes it's healing from some mess. We talked about eating ass a lot last year. <laughs> and then also we talked about, you know, the struggles of, you know, dealing with anxiety. And so when we leave those conversations, I feel like healing healing is had on both avenues yes because you've heard from somebody what they like in the bedroom maybe you have thoughts or questions or curious of how you can shift it for yourself mm -hmm. or if you don't know too much or you feel like you've been dealing with something similar you're having this relatability to be able to take back to your life and do what you see forth fits I like that. I think sometimes it's better to learn from people's own experiences than somebody who's like a quote unquote guru on things. Because yeah. a lot of the gurus, I mean, not all of them, some are really legit, mm -hmm. but a lot of them just speak in these like generalities. Yeah. But when somebody tells you their personal story, like this is what I went through, this yeah. is what I'm dealing with, and here's how I'm working through yeah. it. That's like an example. And you can say, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Is there any particular guest that stood out to you the most? I mean, you recently stood out. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, your story was wild. I was not expecting to have such a deeper understanding of, you know, the struggles that you've been through to where you show up who you are today. And so I think it was a great conversation. Check it out. But that was fun. It was fun. Um, we got a lot done in that in that first segment. Yeah. But yeah. this year, there's so many good conversations. And so it's just amplifying even more. I'm really proud to do so. Um, and you're doing solo stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, wait, what do you mean? Where there's just clips of just you talking straight to camera, talking about current events and that kind of stuff as well. Oh, um, so... Didn't I, I see you posting things like that? Well, I've done stuff like that for different outlets, but my show always kind of opens up in like a mini monologue. Okay. And sometimes I'll clip that and put that out. Um but no, I'm doing this Ask Archie series where people are asking me and I'm giving them my advice. I like that. Um, where are you I, getting I, the questions from? People really reach out to me. Really? I'm floored. <laughs> Somebody sent me something yesterday and I was like, y'all are really going through it, but it's okay. Thank you for trusting me to deliver the message and open up the avenue for even the comments to help you. I like that. Yeah. I really like that kind of stuff. And again, there's just something special about people getting advice from just other fellow humans yeah. instead of looking for this grand authority with the super answer, right? right? Sometimes you just want another human to consider your problem, <laughs> right? And just having that perspective can be really valuable. I agree. Is there anybody that you listen to? Who inspires you? Who inspires currently? me? Currently, let's put stuff out. Um, Who does inspire me currently? Or you think it's just really great? Like, is there anybody you look up to in the space yeah. creatively? Yeah, I mean, there are. When I'm in the thick of it, like, a lot of it is a lot of me just, like, working on the things and, you know, pushing out things. Because everything that releasing, it's, like, done by me. I'm right. editing it. I'm doing the social and all these different things. And I'm posting. So it's, like, I'm really in the thick of it. And I don't have time to tap into inspiration. But I am inspired by Issa Rae. I am inspired by... Um, I love, like, motivation and spiritual talk from Steve Furtick. Um, yeah. I don't know. My friends motivate me. My, my sister motivates me. My mom motivates me. My dad really? motivates me. And having regular conversations with these people that are a part of my life um, keeps me going because they also, they know me. They know where to pour into me. But then also sometimes I'm also inspired by Z-Way. Love her. Um, but yeah. I need to check them out. Some mm. of these recommendations. Yeah. How does your sister inspire you? Just because we grew up the exact same in the same house with the same upbringing and to see that we live separate lives and how we navigate it is just so inspiring to me how she has taken her resources and shown up to what she wants to show up in and constantly is trying to figure it out as i'm doing the same that's nice yeah and and as we've gotten older it's become like you know this built-in just closer you know and just talking about stuff which is good that's important yeah connecting with family the people close to you you have siblings yeah, yeah. i have two little sisters yeah. um from same mom different dad and okay. they're the ones i grew up with yeah and technically i have two other siblings from my biological father who i never met in brazil okay somewhere so i don't have a relationship with them yeah i know their names kind of and i've seen their social media but that's kind of estranged right um but my two sisters were super close yeah we're like we're very tight we have a nice group chat going on <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah, yeah. It's nice, man. Every time I reconnect with family, I feel re-energized. Ooh. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes I can feel exhausted after connecting with family. Right. You know? But yes, definitely that energizing. It just like really brings things back down into, um, you know, 
humbleness for me, but they also exhaust the hell out of me sometimes. Sure. Yes. And, and everybody has a different relationship with their family. Not everybody right. has a great time when they see their family. This is true. Right? Yep. So, yep. And I think I didn't realize that when I was younger. And the more I grew up, you, you talk to people, how many people don't have a good relationship with their parents. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, it's, it's really challenging out there. Yep. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the ones I had. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be who I am without them. So, are there any particular lessons you can think of that they've that they've taught you? Ways that your parents have impacted you that you're specifically grateful for? Um, I think one of the, I mean, just to see the highs and the lows and them being transparent, just about like finances, has been really you know good and and motivational as I'm figuring it out in the world and you know s- seeing where I want money to go as money comes in. That's been dope. But then also, um, I feel like the self love aspect. How did they show that? How did they show it? Yeah, I feel like how did they show it? By just I feel like communicating with us. I feel like uh, what was done really well is that. They were not like these, you know, like there's parents with like, they're like, you're like your best friend. Like you're, they think you're their, their best friend and like yeah. y'all do stuff and there's no like, you know, discipline behind it. They did that part really well to be able to like still discipline and like teach us. But to also, why would we want to tell them our innermost darkest feelings, you know, and feel safe in doing so. So whatever right. they did in that practice, I hope I can do it. You felt safe telling them, yeah, things. That's great. Yeah, you guys actually have deep conversations about life all the time. Yeah, yeah, and That's it's just great. like it's like human to human now, really. Yes, you know? being an adult and stuff. Like I have some friends that be like, "Oh my god, you be cussing with your parents?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, who are you closer with? I'm a mama's boy through and through. Yeah, yeah, big time. Was that just because she was around more, or um? No, I just relate to her a lot. But I mean, they were both around, but she was more like present. Like she would help with like the homework, you know, but that was not my dad's thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've always been there. What about your dad? How's your relationship with him? It's good. I feel like it's good. My dad's communication is not the strongest. Uh, just because I feel like of his experiences and his intellect and the, and the, that whole thing. Um, what do you mean? Well, like my dad didn't graduate high school. So there's like different things to where like his, his mind shows up different in some ways, which is really interesting. Um, but I think there's that edge of just, you know, like being like Kansas city, middle of America, that vibe, but the love is something I never had to like second guess. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Do you guys have that connection? And he's proud of you. He supports you. He is. Sometimes it's like, and he'd be like, commenting on Facebook. I'm like, man, chill out. Like, he'd be like, so proud of your son doing a thing. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> Keep it off of Facebook. Just give me a call. Oh, that's nice, though. It's nice that they're even public about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people, it's just like, just, just hearing the I'm proud of you once is like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Everybody grows up so differently. Yeah. Like we have such different experiences of life, but at the same time, similar things. Yeah. Right. Similar human things, but different actual events. Do you go out? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like where? Um, I go out to comedy clubs. I have a lot of friends that are DJs. I want to so do comedy clubs So when they perform, more. I go. Yeah. You know, um, I used to party a lot in LA, but okay. now I'm just super focused. But when I do want to go out, I have a lot of friends that work in nightlife, mm-hmm. that they work in clubs, or they dance in clubs, or they DJ in clubs. So it's just like, we can get really rowdy real, real quick, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and make it happen. Like in LA, there's a party happening every night. Even on a Monday night, there's poker games happening and house parties and things. So it's like, you have to... Put a lot of effort not to party. Yeah. You know? But I do love going to the comedy store. I love going to live music. Um, and just doing more activities. Like going out, out. I like it better when it's like a theme night. Like Yanni took me to like a, a <laughs> night that was like a, a all uh, 90s and 2000s hip, hip hop night. Okay, okay, like okay. That was great. Like okay. I knew exactly what the vibe was going to be. Okay. And I could listen to my favorite songs I get that, I get that. Like I thought that. you about to dress up in cosplay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know where we was going with it. Okay. No, and they have some nice speakeasies here. There's a place called uh, La Madame or something. I don't know. In Hollywood. I don't know. Her. Yeah, there's a great little speakeasy there. that play. It feels like an East Coast vibe. Mm. It's got like four different rooms and really low ceilings and everybody's actually dancing and 
and going off. So that's a fun place. Yeah. So it depends. Sometimes I'll go weeks without going out. And yeah. Sometimes I'll go out a lot. Yeah. I depends. How about you? I'm not like a big out person. Like I'm not like a big clubber. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't, like, I'm just, like, having the time of my life there, for real. I like a house situation, I think. Yes. I like, like, a hosting situation. Like, we come over, there's a, there's a charcuterie tray, you know, the vibes are high, the That's music way is going. Better. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's at the house, so they all kind of know each other, or at least know the host enough to behave. Right. When you're out and about, people can act stupid, and they don't know you. The music be a little too loud for me, it'll be a little dark, <laughs> you know, I need glasses. It's a whole different thing. So, I'm just, like... <laughs> No, yeah, no, no. It's not my go-to. It's not. Yeah. But I definitely had my time. But it's just not my thing now, especially outside of the pandemic. I'm just like, no. Nah. Yeah, after the pandemic, we all kind of shifted a little bit, huh? We did shift. We got used to this like home life, and now it feels like you have to make a real effort to go out. No, I know some people that don't have to make an effort to go out. They be out. Really? Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm just really in love with what I'm doing right now creatively. Good. That's but good. then I get burnt out. Then I have to go do stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to go out last night, like I said, but you know, nobody answered the phone. Mm. <laughs> and I had a good time at home. What advice would you give for up and coming artists? <sighs> what advice would I give for up and coming artists? I would say to up and coming creatives of any kind, creatives of any kind, to have a vision and believe in it and keep trying. You know, you learn from the things that don't work. Or you learn from, you know, putting something out there and actually seeing it in the world and to know what you want to uh, do next time to make it better. So that would be my, that would be my advice. But then to also just like really know yourself going into it. Because no, no matter what that is, if that's music, if that's podcasting, if that's whatever you're trying to create, um, knowing yourself is what really kind of helps push whatever project that you're doing because it's believable and it's true to you. Yeah. That's a lot easier said than done. Oh yeah. You know, I've always heard that like be yourself, but then it's like, well, which version of me? Cause I feel like, you know, there's so many sides yep. of me, but yep. what I realized what you're saying is so true is that once I stopped giving a fuck about posting perfection mm. and was just sharing like, Hey guys, this is what I'm doing today. Like I started just actually sharing things that I care about. Yeah. I actually, started receiving more love for it. I was like, oh, you guys yeah. actually care that I'm sharing this stuff? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And sometimes stuff for me is cringe. I'm like, oh gosh. Like my, you know, I did this, I was I was doing Christmas music last year, but I was like, oh, it's not this where it's not what I wanted to da 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 da. And this week, some, you know, audio producer reached out to me is like, yo, I saw your thing. Like I want to work with you, collab, like make stuff bigger and better. I'm like, all right, let's do it. But like in that moment, I was like, oh, God, is people going to fuck with this? Like, people are used to me talking. <laughs> right. You know, now I'm, like, singing and then the pitch, and it's just, like, a whole different vulnerable vulnerable space. But put it out there, man. Yes. You know? Sometimes we don't know what, how we really feel about something until we release it. Yeah. Because a lot of times we can wait, it's not perfect yet. What, what, what do they think of me? Like, like I, I go through periods where I release a bunch and then where I don't release a bunch. And I have mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff that's like 90% done. Yeah. And I start second guessing it. And I'm like, oh, but the lighting wasn't perfect or whatever. You, you come up with a million reasons not to put it out. Yeah, yeah. But then once you just start release, as an artist, it's like you have to release it. Yeah. It's like you eat food, you take a shit. Yep. All right. Well, you live life, you make art. Yeah. And not to compare art to shit, but it's like, it, it's a... Uh, <laughs> you definitely did. Right. But it, it is, it, you consume life, you experience your pain or your happiness or whatever, and yeah. you must release it. Right. Some way. And in the releasing, you can figure out who you are. Yeah. 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 That's why I agree with you. Like, you got to put stuff out. You got to put stuff out. You got to put stuff out and you just got to, you don't even have to... Sometimes you don't even need to necessarily love it, but you need to know that you gave it your all. Mm-hmm. But put it out. And do better next time. Do better next time. Yeah. I love that. Archie, is there anything else you want to touch on? Is there anything you want to touch on? I mean, I can talk forever. You really be doing ASMR on these mics? Yes. Really? <laughs> well, because I've had some episodes where I haven't. Yeah. And I didn't like that audio. So now I'm trying to get it to sound really crispy. Really? Yeah. Because I was inspired by... um. I told you when I came over to your place... The to film about the Dave Chappelle uh -huh. podcast, The uh -huh. Midnight Miracle, mm -hmm. with him and and most of Yasin Bey and Talib Kweli. It's like an audio production experience. Okay. 
There's no visuals. It's just the way they tell stories yes, and said, they produce yes. it. He was it like, it's a masterpiece. Yes, yes. People okay. are sleeping on it. Okay. There's no podcast that's like this. Because mm-hmm. it's like some of them are five minutes long, some are 20 minutes long. I love that. They're just conversations where they just produce the vocals in these beautiful ways. And it oh. sounds, it sounds like if somebody's telling a story about when I was young, I was by the train tracks and you'll hear train tracks. Like they'll put the sound oh, effects in there. It's like a whole thing. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just beautiful. And I think as a video producer, yep. I want to make better audio. Yeah. Because when when you have low quality audio, it really fucks up a video. And I feel like there's a lot I, I can improve my podcast a lot in the audio side. And I agree. Yeah. I had some audio fails last year and I was Me like too. It's messing up the whole entire experience. Oh, and it sucks when it's like a good when it's like a good moment yes! too. You're like, oh, and the mic was fucking up. You're like, you're like oh. audio is important. Audio is important. People will watch a shitty video if the audio's good. <laughs> But if something has horrible sound, yeah. even if the visual is beautiful, you're like, turn that off. Turn that the hell off. Wow. That matters. Okay. Archie, I, I'm really glad you came. I feel like we Thank could be you. talking for hours, but I just want to give you your flowers and your respect because oh. in this world of podcasting, which I'm new to, mm-hmm. I really appreciate people who put in effort. Thank and you. I saw the amount of effort you and your team were putting in and, and it's impressive and it's inspiring. Thank you so much. Yeah. Likewise. I love your entire experience. When we followed each other, connect on the <laughs> social, I was like, this guy has a vision and it's good. So thank, thank you, you so much. Likewise. I'm excited to see all the levels you're going to take this. Thank you. I believe in you. I'm about to cry. No, we're going to play this back years from now when your yes. stuff is like huge. You're going to be like, I knew him back then. <laughs> We were recording it in our apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, I love that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for so coming, much. man. Thank I you. I appreciate you. I this love it. This is great. <laughs>